It's Mother's Day. How cool is that? You guys get to do special stuff or remember special people or, you know, kind of mix all that up. It's kind of a a neat time to take uh, just a little bit of time and and think of people in their roles. If they make good cinnamon rolls, that'd be something else to think about. But that's not it. But just the positions and responsibilities and things that have been, you know, all the way back to Eve. This thing doesn't work without without this whole mother thing happening. So, wow. Thanks for being, thanks for being moms, taking on those uh, responsibilities seriously and, and uh, carrying them out. Even when you didn't want to, it still matters a lot. We are doing family makeover. And this is from Colossians 3. We are continuing through the book of Colossians. So 3, and and this section is 12 to 21. It's not specifically uh, focused all of it on that particular thing. But for the context, it requires all of this. So uh, you can open your Bibles to Colossians and, and then we will take a look at this. So family makeover, that's... um. You may think this is like, you know, focus on the family or a uh, typical Mother's Day thing. And, you know, you didn't even get a, a bouquet of flowers. You, didn't, you get no presents from the church. This place, this is tough. We're not going to deal with it. I'm going to give you something different. I want you to know that there is, there is such a greater level of opportunity for for mothers, for everyone, for the family, that maybe we have ever given it credit for, and an opportunity for us to in, engage in this life that God has given us in a way that we haven't, uh, maybe until today. So, how does this work? I think we have to we have to start with a science fiction movie, because if we don't do that. You're going to go straight to relationships and feelings, and that's not going to help anybody. So release it. Whatever I said about Mother's Day, forget it. No Mother's Day today. This is just (laughs) blank your mind. Science fiction, another planet. The issues there are there are people who are caught in a system that is difficult and evil and dark and the system is holding them down and as individuals as couples as families they are suffering under this oppressive uh, regime and it's it's empowered by uh, a broad system of thinking that way and powers entities that have power to drag people down there are a handful of people just just a, a smaller amount of people who have been delivered from that, who are in this place, who have also discovered that there's another way to live. They can connect to this other being who is not connected to that system. So in the movie genres and stuff that we have you know, in our day, in order to overcome the evil system, you have to have blasters, lasers, explosives, some way of overcoming the evil that holds everyone back. 
And so that's easy to wrap our minds around. We can watch that for two, two and a half hours, eat some popcorn, and we're good to go. We actually live on the planet, and we are influenced by the evil entities. And the powers of darkness have this world and its systems in its grip as people caught up in it. They also get empowered by the fact that people do evil on their own. So families, broken families, broken couples, broken people are feeding back into these evil entities and firing them up and giving them uh, great joy and enabling them to do all that they do. And God says, I've got a, I got a plan. How about we take them down? We get that in Colossians chapter 2, and he puts Jesus on the cross, which fooled them because they thought, we're going to kill the Son of God, and this thing is done because we don't want the goodness coming. We don't want help coming. We don't want them to be free of us. So let's kill the Son of God. They killed him only to find out he had a plan to come back. That really ruined their thinking. They were shut down. He overcame them. That power is the power that we are told is available to us to live the new life in Christ. We don't believe it. We don't believe it. If we believe that power that can raise a dead person were alive in us, we would not be frustrated at every little thing. We would not be angry at every turn. We would not be disappointed at the things that come our way because we would discover God is greater. God is greater than all the darkness. God is greater than all the evil entities. God is greater than the dark system. God is greater. When we get a hold of that, something happens. It happens in our relationships. It, it, it changes how we see ourselves, how we see how we fit into this world, how we fit into God's plans, how our family fits into this plan. Because it's Mother's Day. And if we were thinking about, well, little Johnny, who's now all grown up, should treat me like, or I was expecting, or I didn't get that, or I anticipated, or I should treat my mom, or my mom should have treated me, and I was horribly treated, and you just come up with all of this stuff, and it gets, let me say again, the evil entities are out there. We supply the evil as well, and we empower the evil to continue. And God has offered us a way out. He's offered us freedom, he's offered us power, he's offered us a new life, which is the whole thing Colossians is talking about. Because you got this new life, because you have this new life, empowered by the very one who raised Jesus from the dead, you can do this. You can live this differently. And it gets good. But we're dealing with, in the old, old days, old images, Chaos monster, Leviathan. Wants to divide, wants to destroy, wants to tear down. So, the chaos monster is opposed to God. Loves it when you oppose God. He's opposed to God. Every time you align with him, you align with a chaos monster. Ever had chaos in your home? Ever had chaos in a relationship? Ever had chaos running through your head? 
Who are you aligning with in those moments? And who gets empowered by you joining with the evil one? Chaos monster Leviathan hates good order. Don't you appreciate that in your home, conversations, recipes? Just put whatever you want in there. Just pull something out of the pantry, throw it in there. Nope. Because good order makes for better food, makes for better relationships, makes for better life. Leviathan hates it. The chaos monster destroys God's people. That's the plan. Let's take them down. Let's tear them apart. Let's destroy all that we can. The chaos can be overt or covert. You may actually see it. You may actually see uh, demonic entities. And then you may not. People report a lot more seeing them in Africa or South America than they do here. Is that because they're not here? No. They're just sometimes they're hiding. And sometimes they're making themselves known. It's whichever way benefits them the most. How can you get people to join? How can you get them fearful? How can you get them to uh, enjoy anger and outburst and murder and uh, gossip and ripping people apart? And how can you just invite people to be part of that? And it happens all around you, which is why you're dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with in relationships because it's happened to you happens in this world and you may not have ever seen a demon because they are sometimes hidden sometimes they're obvious and sometimes God gives us uh, an ability to see them so we can deal with them as well but the chaos is there it can be overt or covert it divides families and community Division, destruction, death is all part of the chaos monster's agenda. And it's not just one. This is, this is many entities opposed to God. It's a powerful enemy. It is uh, relentless. It will be dealt with. Because we are told in Revelation, God is going to call them up, all of them together, and he's going to destroy them. And in the second death, they go into the lake of fire, and they're gone. But until that time, we have some dealing with them. Like it or not, we have some dealing with them. And they are out to destroy, divide, to kill. And they have you as a target. And we are reminded of that. It's in Ephesians 6, the battle... For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Wow. That's what we're dealing with. It's all around us. We can ignore it. We can pretend like it's not there, but that doesn't make anything real. It's there. And they are determined to destroy you and 
as many of your family as they can take. So there's new life. So God has this plan. It doesn't require blasters or lasers. It requires the new life. And this goes to the heart of the matter. It changes things for individuals, for families, for communities. It changes things. So Colossians 3.1, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, same power that raised him from the dead, raised you, set you positionally, you are in this unique and amazing location, sitting with Christ above it all. And then we go down a little further to verse 12, and he begins to talk to us about some things we can do, about how we approach life. Because now we have this new life with this power that God himself has provided. Christ has opened the door. He's paid the penalty for our sins. So now we've got this new life we can live. We can live it. We, we don't have to live it, but it's available, and it's a whole lot better. So we pick it up in 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, well, that's pretty good. God chose you to be the holy people he loves, holy, unique, set apart. You are, uh, in the Old Testament, when you're reading about the shining ones, the angelic, and then there's different kinds, different levels of those who show up, and they are called the holy ones. And you go, huh. Now, Christians, people of God in this era, are called those people, holy people of God, those set apart, unique uh, for God's purposes. And he loves you. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, you don't know how I was treated. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how bad it's been. And I was raised and I was abused and I was misunderstood. And and I've just been, I've just had it. Good for you. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And the congregation says, no way, Jose. Why? Because in in us drives this beating heart that says, I deserve better. I deserve it my way. And the evil one wins. And the evil is empowered because we give them power. And they're all around us. They're watching. They're observing They take notes. They know your great-great-grandparents. They know the things that are passed down by heredity. They know the stuff's happening in society. They know what you watched on the news. They know how you respond. And they just push the buttons. And we are so willing to go with them that we empower the evil that continues in relationships, in families, and in communities. It's happening everywhere, all around the world. But we do not have to participate since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. We don't have to do that. 
We get to go another way. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And that's important, that remember little word right there, remember, because we often forget. Well, they deserve me, they need to hear my words or gestures or face or a brick upside the head, whatever it is we come up with. And we forget the Lord forgave us. How much? Because, you know, I'm really not a bad person. So, you know, it's not, those people are bad, but I'm, I'm not that bad. Huh. Do you really want God to reveal? Or would you prefer to just move on? Because however good you think you are, not compared to your neighbor, but compared to Jesus, the one and only, you fall short. So do you want him to reveal? Or would you like to move on and say, got it? Got it. Let me extend this to others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. I prefer CNN or the news from Fox or whatever I saw on, online today. I'm going to let that rule in my life. <sighs> Seriously. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. But I thought it was all the wisdom my favorite singer, my favorite group Sings maybe that, maybe my favorite author, maybe my favorite, and we come up with all kinds of things. I said, just quit, quit, move in the direction of the Lord God Almighty, break out of the system. The dark one wants to take you down, he wants to destroy you, he wants to divide you from your family. And if you haven't seen evidence of that around you enough, what would it take? What would it take? It's everywhere. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Not, oh, he didn't come through for me, hearts. Oh, when is my... When, when is my golden wagon coming in hearts this is about giving thanks to him that you get to breathe today that he is working in your life that there's so much more coming listen to this and whatever you do or say do it as a representative of the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father thankfulness gratefulness Whatever you do or say, whatever activity you're involved in, uh, taking care of your house, your car, relationships, what do you say? What do you say to one another? How do you say 
what you say to one another? What words do you choose to say to one another? Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Well, that's a whole different way of looking at this. So there's power in this. So we read through that. We've actually done a whole sermon on this thing, but here we are back looking at this because this is power. There's a reforged family. This is where this thing kind of takes off. We we start activating these things. It's purified and readied by the fire. So there's heat. That's just life. So we're just living life. The things that come our way, the relationships, connecting back and forth within the family and people outside of the family, situations that come in. And, and, and we are dealing with that. And, and because we're trusting God, and we may not, but this is, this is assuming we are, we're going to be purified because the heat comes and burns off the impurities. So that heat that comes, you go, hey, God, stop the heat. Okay, if you want. What's left? The impurities. Why does the heat come? So that you can be better so that he can burn off the junk, so that that is no longer holding you down or connecting you to the evil one. He's moving you in a whole different direction, purified. Sometimes a hammer, we got that, hammered into shape. And it, it sometimes, because we don't listen, we need to be hammered. And, and the pressure, the shaping, and, and again, what's our number one prayer? God, stop it. Well, I don't deserve this. He's made it clear in Scripture that he only disciplines those he loves. He shapes those that he's trying to improve to be better human beings, to be better prepared for what's coming in eternity. So obviously, he should stop because we're whining. And yet he's looking out for our best He's looking out for something that can be greater than anything we've ever imagined. And we say, well, I, just, I can't get to church. We can need a prayer letter or something go out. God, stop. Just stop it. Huh. Remember how Jesus handled that? Garden of Gethsemane. Father, let this cup pass. He really, he knew it was coming. The beatings all night. The fake court accused of things he didn't do. Hammered, nailed to a cross. Bleeding out. Flesh hanging. Let that one pass. But no, whatever your will is, whatever that is, let's do that. What's our prayer? God, just stop it. Have you noticed the many resurrections you've experienced in your life as a result of telling him to stop it? You don't get a resurrection until you've gone through the punishment of the crucifixion. You want to see something powerful in your life? Listen to God. Go his way. Don't run from it. Do what he said. Do the right thing.
if you're suffering for the wrong thing, that's on you. That's different. Purified and ready by fire, hammered into shape, designed for love and purpose. That's a whole family thing. God has a whole different design in all of this. How do we defeat the evil system? How do we defeat the evil beings that are around? How do we defeat the dark one? We've got to be people of God, the holy ones that God loves. We've got to live that out in our relationships. And when we do that as individuals, we beat them back. When we do that as a family, we beat them back. What if we go, well, this is just too hard. I can't do that. Then have you really experienced the new life in Christ? Because he says, I have given you the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's available to you. It's available today. It will set you up for what's coming in this life and the life to come. That's the new life. It's available. We are designed for love and purpose. He has something he wants us to do as individuals and together. It illuminates the darkness and destroys the hold of the enemy. It will show him up. When we start living in love, when we start speaking the way Jesus would have us speak and doing the things that Jesus would have us do, the way he would have us do them, it illuminates the darkness and the twisted thinking and the ways that people have gone. And the hold of the enemy on us is lessened. It's going to back away. He will target us. He will attack us. But he's going to do it in a different way. Those subtle little temptations and sweet whisperings in our ears don't work if you're walking in the light. If you're not, you go with every one of them because that's familiar. That's comfortable. You know, I've got to be who I am. That means I'm just going to go with the demons. That's pretty much where we're going with that. And he's saying, I've got something different for you. Different for you, your relationships, your family. And we'll change whole communities with this. Okay. Now we get to this one. Wives, this is empowered. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Colossians 3.18. Now that's taken as, okay, Here we've just gone through all of these things before. Now think about Jesus. Do Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And if you look at your Bible, usually there's a break, big type, introducing family life, or saying something there. There's a break. So you think that break was given by God. Because it's in your Bible. It wasn't. The next thing, again, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now what? Because, see, if that bothers you, then you're not getting it. Because here's this battle that's going on. There's a battle in the heavenlies. There are entities at war. Some of them are engaged right now, right here in this room with people. 
And then people have identified with God on one hand. Others have identified with, I want to support the evil because, you know, I'm comfortable with what I like and I'm just, I don't really care what God says. So, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Wives, submit to your husbands. Well, that's just ridiculous. See, this is kind of approaching it from from our... uh, more common thinking today in the world. So what is this even talking about? As is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Who are these people? These are the holy people God loves, that he is entrusted to live uprightly, who are clothed with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are the people doing what Jesus would have them do and say. That's who we're talking about. So in that relationship, in the order of things in the world, and this is first century, this isn't today, so we'll tie that in. So first century, this is the area of Turkey, but Roman Empire at that time. So they have a structure, family structure, it's broken like the rest of the world, but they have a way of doing it. And there's, there are customs that have something to do with uh, how, how things work. And yet in this, and remember those customs, many of them are built around other gods, the worship of other gods, other approaches to life that don't include Yahweh. Definitely don't include Jesus. He's brand new on the scene by the time we get to this letter. So we're introducing something really new. Wives, submit to your husbands. Is that forced? Is it cultural? Is it twisting their arms? Is it just the expectation of everyone around? What is he saying? He's saying, let's defeat the evil one. Let's take down Leviathan. Let's destroy the chaos. So what is as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. We have in in Galatians 3.28 that there's neither male nor female in the Lord Jesus Christ. So is this a ranking thing? Is there a lesser than? No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about how are we going to live this thing out in such a way that we can destroy the evil and promote the good? How do we put... All of that that is destructive away and enforce and, and bring in all that is good so that these people can em, em, enjoy that. So here's, the, these are wives who have been given all the, all the spiritual gifts. That's Acts chapter 2, men, women, you know, back in the day they didn't think women could have any of that. Well, this is first century. So this is really talking weird stuff. And he says, yeah, women have it too. Dreams, uh, prophecies, they're going to speak God's truth. They're going to uh, enter into the holy things of God. You go, well, that's just, culturally, this is really outlandish. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. The idea is often taken, often taken. As is fitting for those who belong to the Lord, wives, you just shut up and you do what he tells you. 
That's not what he's saying. He's talking to women, wives, who have equal standing before him, before the throne of God, who have been equally empowered by the Holy Spirit, equally uh, delivered from the evil one, who now have a choice. Do we enter into this thing? Do we beat them, the evil ones, by joining together with Jesus Christ? I'm going to say and do whatever he said. I'm going to do it to honor him. And they choose, okay, I'm going to enter into this with this guy because, you know, they love each other. The family is connecting. But in this case, they know we're walking with the Lord. We want to do it his way. What is fitting for the Lord? If the guy's abusive and coming down on them or reducing them to uh, spiritual nothings, is that from the Lord? No, we've seen scripture that says the opposite of that. So that's not fitting. What is it that, is it just to go with whatever he says? That's not fitting either. You are an individual empowered by the living God, by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You have a mind, you have a will, you have a decision to make, and you have been empowered to make a decision. In this case... To submit if he's not an idiot, if he's not a jerk, if he's not abusive, if he's not, is he doing these things? Is he walking with the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he pursuing the things of righteousness? If he isn't, would it be fitting in the Lord to go do what he tells you to do? Was it right? Because this is, this is a common thing. At the Nuremberg trials, these Nazis go, they're held up or brought to the court and they're presented with what they did and their answer to all of it was, I was under orders, so I just did what I was told. That didn't fly. Why not? They have a brain, they have a will, they knew it was wrong. You don't kill six million Jews and go, well, they just told me to do that. Yeah. So why would it be fitting in the Lord to go make stupid decisions, woman, wife, based on an idiot who's leading you because he happens to have different genitalia? That is not fitting in the Lord. Let me say that again. It is not fitting in the Lord. He has called you to a higher status. He's called him to a higher status. He just happens to be an idiot. If he's walking with the Lord, if he's seeking him, if he's pursuing righteousness, he's doing things like holy people, tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wouldn't that work really well in a relationship? Yeah. Lord forgave you, forgive others. Wow. You mean really forgive each other instead of yelling, screaming, and hollering, coming down and holding on to it for days and days and years and years and bringing it out of the 25th anniversary. <laughs> Always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. No, I'm bitter, and I choose to be bitter from here on out. Huh. Submit to your husbands. Why? Because order, the very thing that's happened is there were angelic beings, uh, 
given responsibilities on earth. God has said, I, I want you to take care of some things. They rebelled and they said, no, we want to do it our way. He said, no, this is, this is, this is going to be better. I'll, I'll, you know, here's some things. Go help that person or help that nation, group of people over there. And they go, nope. And you get what's going to happen to them in Psalm 82. That is an introduction into the battle. They have rebelled. There's supernatural battles going on. This is a representation or a copy of that same battle. So God says, here's a way to do this. If we do it the way God said, if we follow through, like that's why Jesus is acclaimed. He did what the Father asked him to do. So now he's saying to his people, the holy people he loves, do it the way I tell you, and we will put down those entities. We will stop the evil. We will let this love flow. How about that? Is that like being horrible? Or is it just, here's a way of having some order. Should we have order based on, well, that's not how I feel about it. No, this says, do and say based on how we can honor Jesus. Well, that changes the whole dynamic. This isn't, well, that's how I, that's, I was raised that way. That's how my aunt so-and-so does it. We're honoring Jesus. If you don't know him, it's time to get to know him. Do it his way. It's different. That's not all. So that's empowered. The women are actually empowered to do this. This isn't, you don't just submit because you're beat down and you're, you're female. You submit out of power. You have the right not to do this. You choose to do this so that we can defeat as a whole the evil powers and show them up for who they are. That's what we're doing. Enriched. Verse 19, husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly. Why would he add the harshly part of this thing? Because it's common. And it, in that culture, it was fine. You wanted to beat them. You wanted to, well, you can even kill your own kids. I mean, just all of it's there. No, don't do that. Love your wives. That's a choice. That's a positive choice. It's not lust after them. It's not that. It's love them. To give yourself to them, to look out for them, to protect them, to guide them into a real relationship with a living God and opposition to all the evil and the in, evil systems and entities that are all around. That's what's happening. Love your wives. That's that relationship. So wives are not caught in this ugly, abusive, I'm the boss and you're not. Nope. It's not that at all. This is, and this is on display before those entities who want to destroy you, destroy your, your relationship in a marriage, but also destroy your family. And this, it's all part of it. And you go, ah, I'll go on. Enriched, that's the husbands love your wives. Enlarged children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Verse 20. So that just brings this thing to a larger group. So if children are actually responding out of obedience, out of choosing to do that, not, not beat into submission, not harangued into submission, not guilted into submission, they choose to obey 
Because they want to honor the Lord in all that they say and do. Yeah. But this assumes that the parents are also walking with the Lord, practicing these things. What if they are absolute jerks? Obey them? You know, go to dollar store and steal stuff? Mm, you know better. It's not what it's talking about. This is about submitting out of a personal desire to listen to parents who have more experience, but also just that God said, I got more for you. And, and these are kids trusting that God is, is, is truthful in this, that he loves them, that their parents love them, that there's a, a new direction in life for them because they have this God and the parents looking out for them. Obey them. Do the right thing. Don't touch the hot stove. I mean, just, just come on. Encouraged. Verse 21, fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. So encourage them. Encourage them in what? You know, football. More soccer, more basketball, more... No. No. Encourage them in those very things we read earlier. That God has called us into this relationship with him. Understanding the workings of this world. The evil entities who are trying to take them down. Clothing themselves as tenderhearted. Mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Teaching them to be thankful and thinking about Jesus. Keeping his word alive in them. Teaching them to relate to him. If they don't, who are they learning to relate to? Who do they connect with? What songs ring in their hearts? What is it that grabs them and motivates them? And it will not be God Almighty. It will be the world around and those whispering entities who want to destroy them. But we have this encouragement that can come from fathers, not aggravation. And the aggravating part can be do it my way, that's how I told you, that's how we growed up, and you know, we'll go out behind the uh, barn. And yeah. No. How can you encourage them? Discipline will be part of it. But discipline them in the Lord, directing them towards those things that are loving and good and build each other up. And you do that as a family, the evil entities have nowhere to go. They have no traction. They can't get a hold. Because something else is happening here. And it's coming from God, who is empowering, who's given us a different direction, who's giving us a new life. Therefore, we have a forever family. We have a forever family. That continues on 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 years. There's heaven and beyond. The evil being systems. The rebellion will be gone. It will be destroyed. No longer a threat. No longer an influence. The new life that we have now introduces what God has planned for us in eternity. We can just experience experience it now. We can have bits and pieces of it now. It won't be perfectly here because we're living in a broken world. But we can certainly experience a bunch of it. And that's what he's calling us to do. And he says, let's put on a battle. Let's not let them win just by sitting back.
Let's do this. Let's have different kinds of family, different kinds of relationships, a different way of relating. And as believers, we're not doing that out of weakness. We're doing it out of strength. Because the one who raised Jesus from the dead has given us the power to live a new life. That is the beginning of our forever family. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for even bothering with us. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for revealing your truth. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that can empower us and help us. And Lord, I pray that wherever we're pushing back, holding or pushing away from you or holding back on things that you've called us to do, that we would, we would just stop. We would listen, that we, we would respond, that we would openly invite you into our hearts. Lord, that we would live the way you have called us to live. To live that way as individuals, to live that way as couples, to live that way as families. Lord, that we might defeat the evil one and all those entities and systems that exist around us. I pray, Lord, that even this group here and all of our families and this little church would make such a huge dent in what the evil one is up to that it would be obvious that the light shines. In Jesus' name, amen.